Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah.
Yeah, what was it? Well, I had, um, one ACL that was really bad. Yeah. And then I had another one
we had done this incredibly cool, you know, gimmick from January to June. Something that the company had never done before. It was fresh, it was edgy, everyone loved it. And then, you know, once we had our blow-off match, the writing was almost kind of immediately on the wall. And I, as I said, I'm putting my life, you know, as a mother. Um, I've been with, you know, Impact for 10 years.
Doing pretty good. How are you this evening? <clears throat> Doing well. Doing well. Fans, we do apologize that listened to live to the Angelina Love interview. Some technical difficulties, so we will be fixing those as time goes on. So please, we do apologize for that because you do know that here at the Pancakes of Power Slams Wrestling Radio Show, we bring you the best quality in wrestling radio. Today we are bringing you episode 296. Have a lot of things to talk about. Anything you want to add, Marty, before we start off with the headlines? No, looking forward to this. Let's do this. All right, here we go. All right, starting with the headlines for tonight. First headline, rumors that top WWE star Roman Reigns could not be a part of the Royal Rumble. Uh, of course, you can check this this uh, link out and, of course, this article by the host, Chris Featherstones, on Inquisitor.com. Uh, Roman Reigns may not be in the Royal Rumble match coming up in 2018 uh, due to them believing that could protect his babyface image due to him, of course, as we all see having to face, or will face, I should say, Brock Lesnar coming up at WrestleMania 34. Um, some people may agree with it, some people may not. Uh, Marty, I do want to get your thoughts on, do you feel that this will better the face, uh, the face, uh, the face look of Roman Reigns, or do you feel that having him into the Rumble will help him out? No, I think WWE is being smart with him right now, and what I mean by that is they know where they're going with it. We can only assume and uh, kind of be a quarterback Booker, so to speak, but they have plans and they know exactly where they're going with them, and they get paid to do that. We don't, but we can speculate. And the speculation is is always fun to to guesstimate, but at the same time, I in my humble opinion is you know I, I think it's good that they keep him out of the actual Rumble match. If he does have a match there to defend his Intercontinental title, I think that'll be good. But I I honestly feel that they're really trying to build him as a huge baby face for WrestleMania and facing Brock because that's only gonna you know help them in the long run because. From what I've gathered and from what I know, Roman is the guy, and they are going with Roman, and that, that's who they're sticking with, and that's who they're putting their their uh, uh, machine behind. And I honestly think it, it's right. a good move to do that because we all know what happened uh, back in Philadelphia when he did win the Rumble, even though he did have the Locks <laughs> help. <clears throat> right. He, 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 uh, he didn't get that response I'm sure that they were hoping for. So I he think did. by keeping him out of it and him not winning it and him defending his intercontinental title, I, I think it uh, helps. What would actually help too is, you know, uh, uh, was it yesterday with, with Joe coming out and, and doing what he did to him and choking him out and putting him down? Because he, he, here's the thing as a babyface. Babyface need to have sympathy. People want to care for the babyface. And if the babyface doesn't have any sympathy and people don't want to care for him or get behind him, then he's never going to be that great of a babyface. I mean, if you look at all the great babyfaces of uh, time past, Steamboat, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, all these guys, they all had sympathy. And people wanted him to win. They wanted him to come back. And that's what they did. And that's why they're legends. And that's why they uh, are where they are. 
Thank you, Marty, for that. I, I do agree that um, <clears throat> it, it, I, I feel like with Roman Reigns, you, like what happened on Raw, Roman, as I'm not sure if you realize, the past month, he's starting to get really over with the fans. You don't really hear as much bulls. A lot of people are cheering him more. And, of course, like you said, to keep him as a face or to keep him elevated as a face, you got to have that heel, that one person or a couple of the boys who definitely gets that heel heat, of course, with the men's being gone, uh, of course, due to him being a father soon and filming the Marine, you have Joe. Well, of course, everybody loves Joe Steen, but he has enough heat to where if he attacks Reigns, that keeps him safe in that baby face pool, if you will, um, to that. So do you like how they booked it? Uh, to your credit, like you said, Marty, uh, and Featherstone just messaged me, and I just said one of, one of our friends say the Rumble is coming back to Philly next year. So uh, it will be funny if they do put Reigns in it. Uh, I feel why not keep Reigns off of it? Like you said, keep him protected. He's still the IC champ. I don't see him losing the belt between now and, and uh, the Rumble. Have him have an IC title match with somebody, get him off the Rumble, and he's perfectly fine. That rumble by itself got hijacked, as we know. The fans went to Daniel Bryan, and this is where you know it was no point of no return. And you talk about great mm-hmm. baby faces, uh, Marty. Rey Mysterio never got booed ever in his career, especially here in the states. Got booed <laughs> that night, if yeah. you remember. And anytime Absolutely. Rey Mysterio, and we all joke and call him Mr. Left Knee, gets booed. And that's the equivalent of, like, if Sting gets booed or Ricky Steamboat or anybody that's, like, white meat babyface, then, you know, there's nothing he could do. The Rock couldn't even save Roman Reigns. It just was it was so bad. It wasn't Reigns' fault. It's just the fans just hijacked it. So I think we both would agree, keep Roman Reigns off of the Rumble and protect him. Uh, anything else you wanted to add? Uh, yeah, to absolutely. You know, and you, yeah, and you got to figure that the Philadelphia fanatics out there, uh, the birthplace, the home of, original ECW, I mean, those uh, tri-state fans, I mean, they're fanatical. I mean, you know, New York, Philadelphia, you know, around there, I mean, they're fanatical, man, and, and they're really, really wrestling fans out there. I mean, and and, and they are, are pretty smart to the business, and, and they know what they want, and unfortunately, you know, they didn't get what they wanted, so, of course, you know, they're going to be very vocal about it, and it's funny you bring that up because I completely forgot about Ray Ray getting booed, and you know it's like everybody loves Ray Mysterio. I mean, how could you not? Oh, yeah. But you know he got booed. You're absolutely right. You know, so that just goes to show how fanatical they are. And, and I think it's going to be very smart on WWE's part to keep him out of that and just let him run with the IC title. I, I, I think leading into WrestleMania, I think Brock is going to cost him that title, and I think that's going to build up steam for their ultimate showdown at WrestleMania. That's just my humble opinion. Hey, you mentioned Brock. Um, Brock Lesnar. I, I don't really have the strong voice <laughs> coming in from out of town like I normally do. Speaking of the next headline, that Brock Lesnar, and if you remember me being tactical, bringing up stuff, you remember Marty, uh, and I'm not sure if he was there on this time when, he, when Brock debuted in 03, his original nickname was The Manster. I'm not sure if anybody else remembers that. But for like a month, they kept trying to put him over. Of course, he was the next big thing. 
And then right after he won the title from the Rock at SummerSlam, he started giving him the nickname The Master. It was a combination of man and monster. Didn't last long. I still have old SmackDown on VHS tapes <laughs> that have uh, Michael Cole, <laughs> Michael Cole, trying so hard to put over that nickname, but it never uh, worked. Uh, speculations now that Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor at the Rumble could be back in discussion. Uh, this doesn't make any sense to me, but then it does. Uh, it doesn't make sense because Brock has been, besides Strowman, within the past year or so, Brock has been booked so strong. He's literally beats everyone. He's beat Triple H, Michaels, Taker multiple times, Strowman, Joe, AJ. He's beat everyone. There's no one that he hasn't defeated. Of course, we know Reigns technically by pinfall, but still, Brock is legit. Brock, he's he's legit. He's he's a UFC champion, and and I like what they're doing because he's the champion. You don't see him every week. It gives more prestige to the belt. Mm-hmm. That's good. But you have Finn Balor, who I'm a fan of. Been a fan of him before he even came to WWE. He was Prince Devin. Me and Featherstone joke. He has to be. And, and I've met Finn in person. I saw him last year in Orlando. Um, I'm sorry, last year, this year. He has to be maybe 150 pounds soaking wet with a 30-pound mm-hmm. bag. Nothing against Finn. But realistically, you see him in the ring with Brock. There's no way to suspend disbelief that Finn has a chance <laughs> to even get Brock down. And and that's the only, that's the, to me, the yin and the yang of building Brock so strong, even if you didn't build Brock strong. You have Brock, you have Finn in the ring. Anybody even outside looking is like, really, this match, it's not believable. Brock could throw him around. But I could see why they would have to do it because there's no one left for Brock really to face that's fresh, because he didn't fought everybody. Mm-hmm. He didn't beat everybody. So, uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on this match coming up? I'm, I'm with you, but I also have a, a different perspective on it. I, I honestly feel that Finn is is a great talent. I mean, and I remember him too as Prince and and, and seeing him and, and seeing him work and you know doing what he did. But at the same time. I think that WWE, if they are going to do this, I think they're going to go for the surprise tactic. And what I mean by that is instead of him being Finn Balor, I think they're going to bring the demon out. And what I mean by that is they'll save this for either the Rumble or for Mania. And and here's the other thing. I know you mentioned right now that he's beat everybody, and and I get that and I understand that. But at the same time, Wrestling doesn't have the shock value that it used to have. And what I mean by that is, for example, is you had the Razor Ramon versus the one two three kid back in 1993, Monday Night Raw. I mean, Razor was his top guy. This one two three right. kid guy comes in and beats him. I think wrestling yeah, is in need of that. And I think that if you look back in, uh, in history, you know, you can go back and you can look at uh, David versus the Giant in the Bible. You know, everybody laughed at David when he went out there to face the giant and he slayed the giant. You know, it's no different than, you know, guys going out there, you know, who are underrated and the underdogs and they come up and they beat somebody. And, you know, the the, the 1980 uh, Los Angeles Dodgers were underdogs to the 
monster Oakland A's, and they beat them in five games. Yeah, yeah, so true. I think WWE, I think WWE is trying to go that route, and I think if they do this the right way, I think they're going to try and get, give this and present it, and give it something different. And you never know. I mean, in this business, never say never. I mean, you could see Brock Lesnar being upset right before WrestleMania, and that gives him, you know, the the backstory to just dominate and kill and do whatever. And that leads them into uh, WrestleMania versus Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns being the only guy who could probably stop the, uh, the beast. So uh, that's my two cents. That, on that. That, that, that is a good point. Um, that is a good point. I do agree with you. Uh, do you like your different take of that? It, you know, the demon character, that is true. My 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 thing is my my thing is when you have any any wrestlers in the history of wrestling that have a different personality for song, it would be mask, a paint, you know, Muda for instance, one of my all time favorites. Muda, mm-hmm. Muda was different. Yet, you know, I call it skinny Muda. Late eighties, I remember here in WA. I mean, I still have the the eleven by seventeen NWA program where he introduced the red mess, right in Eddie Gilbert's face. And and that's how him is sting feed it. If any young fans listening, Google. <laughs> we not get yes. what we're saying. But yes. you know, it, it was skinny mood with the black hair. Then uh, within two or three years, you know, when he was NWA champ, the whole title weirdness, he became kind of thick mooder. He started balding. Then it was KG Mudo, and then the Shana Wizard. It was darkness mooder. Every or incarnation of mooder changed. He wrestled different. The demon Finn Balor, he has the paint. And the dreadlock things he have, I don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. But what else did he do different? He does the same exact moves. You get what I mean? So I, I love the exactly demon character, but if he added, like, we always use Sting because he's the goat to us. Sting is black and white. He did the death drop. Did no Scorpion death lock. You know, when Brett, you know, when he was here with the King, you know, with Canada, he did like the little uh, the head butt low blow thing a little more. He did certain things, small things that kind of changed him up. But yeah. I like the demon character only if he had like a little tweet. That's it could be me, it could be nitpicking, but that's just my thing. But hopefully they do have him wrestle. Who knows? That would be the talk of the town when Goldberg beat Brock. Who saw that? No one saw Goldberg mm-hmm. beat Brock within what a minute, thirty minutes. Everybody talked about it. Even my Absolutely. mother was like, one of her right. Right, go ahead. Yeah, and, and if you go back, I mean, like nobody expected the one, two, three kid to beat Reg Ramon on TV. I mean, that was unheard of. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, one of the perfectly executed moon salts that you will see in wrestling. Yeah. That is true. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true for Google. Uh, yeah. Two, I want to plug in real quick, Feather Soul. I say, yeah, definitely nothing different in the moon set with Balor. Show the argue moves with the with the when he becomes the demon. Uh, I definitely do agree because uh, one thing you learn aerial moves if you're a heel, any moves you do in the air, you automatically gonna get cheered. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Spe- speaking of aerial moves, someone who's never done any aerial moves except for ugly shoulder blocks off the top rope, but I'm a fan of Batista. Uh, Batista says he's talked with Vince McMahon. About making a full-time WWE return. Now I know a lot of people, and, and 
the IP, the internet wrestling community, the IWC are going to be upset. They don't like it. Batista's on the cusp of 50. But I say this. And Batista, in the article that Featherstone wrote, he did mention how he didn't want to do a one and done. He wanted to do a, you know, he wanted he didn't want to come and do one match and that's be it, that be it. He wanted to do a couple of matches and do a last run. And for all the fans that complain, why do he keep using part timers? He brought in Sting and Matisse and Brock. Well, they have name value and they're legends, and he bring in money just like The Rock. So until the current guys. Can you know what I mean? Get on that level, they're gonna keep doing it. And Batista, when Batista came back a few years ago, when uh, uh, after the first Guardians a few years, I get the years mixed up. That was one of the highest rated segments on Raw. And no, this is in Captain Four Kids. Cena was on every week, and Seth Rollins was getting a push, and Roman Reigns was getting a push. That was the highest rated segment on Raw. So. I'm full Batista coming back. Hopefully he doesn't wear any too tight jeans because we know he, a couple of times he split them. Hopefully WWE listens to him, as he mentioned before, and he begged WWE, do not bring me in as a baby face. But he did it anyway because Batista said they're going to boo me. So hopefully they bring him back as a heel, bring back the old school spotlight with no music. I, I, I see a good run with him. Have him go against Brock. We've never seen that match except for the Rumble O three when he kind of teased it when he was baby Batista, something different. As long as we don't see Batista and Triple H face again, that's all I'm asking, Marty. <laughs> we don't need yeah, to see I mean, Batista and Triple H <laughs> again. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, I I would love to see Dave come back. I mean, you know, Dave is such a good dude. I mean, I, I've worked with him, traveled with him, got to know him pretty good, and he he he's he's so dedicated to what he does. And, and I'm so happy for the success that he's been having in Hollywood. I mean, it's awesome to see that. Um, but you're absolutely right. It, it would be cool to see him come in, but come in doing things the right way. And what I mean by that is either if it's a heel or a baby face or whatever they decide to do, that it's done right. You know, I know his last one, I mean, you know, it, it had, I mean, I mean, to me it was hit, hit or miss and, Unfortunately, I, I think a lot of people didn't buy into it. And then I remember, you know, people going on, on the attack when he changed up his look. I mean, they were calling Blutista and this and that and everything. I mean, it's like, wait wait a minute. I mean, the guy was trying to reinvent himself, I mean, which a lot of people don't have the balls to do. Pardon my French. But it, it was one of the things that he, that he did, but yet they started calling him Blutista. They started doing this and that and everything. So I would love to have Dave come back <laughs> and, and – do his thing, you know, the right way and let him have a great run and go out on top. I mean, which he deserves to do because, I mean, if you really end it today with Batista's last run, I mean, that's not going to be something that, you know, is going to be left on a high note. So to have him come out, do one last run and have him finish up at a WrestleMania, I mean, go out like Taker and Sean and some others have gone out. I mean, that would be a great thing for him. And at the same time, you know, he has that crossover ability now with the Guardians and all the other movies that he's doing that I think that, that there would be some Hollywood exposure there and it would get mainstream attention, which would be a win-win for both WWE, Dave, and Hollywood. So it would be cool to see it. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely agree with everything you're saying. Um, <clears throat> it's good to, good to see Batista back if he does. Um, Featherstone did mention to me, who was listening, 
uh, that uh, people get tired of seeing the same people every week. That's what part timers still are in the business for, and they're the most over. That is true. Uh, something I learned from good old Jake the Snake um, is, is sometimes less is more. When mm-hmm. you tell me about Andre, and I never thought about this till you said it years ago. Andre wasn't used as much as he got older. They didn't use Andre every week. They used him sporadically because when he came out, it made, meant that much more. You see somebody mm-hmm. all the time. It's like it's like a relationship. Now, if you're married, that's different. You know, I'm, I'm about to get you know married myself next year, so you're around somebody every day. That's fine. But thank you. Um, she's not listening to the show, so <laughs> I won't listen to my show if you listen. <laughs> I'm talking to her now. No, no she's not listening. But I'll be popping the question next next year. But um, what I was saying is that you know sometimes a little space is fine. Not really to use a merge is different because you see each other every day. But you still need some kind of time apart. You got to give somebody give them some some little inkling to kind of miss you. If you eat up in each other's face all the time, smothering, breathing their breath, just overdoing it, it gets too much. And sometimes people take advantage of it, and it's not as special. And the same thing go for wrestling. You see somebody every week, every week, every week, every week, all day, all day, all day. After a while, just gets stagnant. Like, okay, whatever, it's just so-and-so. But in the world of wrestling, we can't do this with all relationships. Well, you shouldn't. Like Brock, you see him once a month. Twice a month, and then when the pay-per-view month come up, you see him every week. Oh yeah, that's right, he's back. We get to see him. So I kind of like definitely how he does it. Um, thank you. Uh, Featherstone just said Brock's title reign doesn't seem as redundant, and is going to be a year long because he makes appearances and is not there every week. That is true, Chris Featherstone. Yeah. Real quick to the next headline. Uh, you want to add something real quick? Yeah, just real quick. I mean, you know. I know people sure. complain about part-timers and they complain about guys coming in this and that and taking spots and everything. Well, he, here's my two cents on that. Well, part-timers and guys who were over and guys who have made money wouldn't have to come in if people were stepping up. That's all I got to say about that. Sure. Thank you, Marty, for saying that. See, when me and Featherstone say that, people doesn't don't listen to us. Since you've been in the business, you're one of the legendary referees. That, that you know, your words hold more water than I do, than me and Featherstone. <laughs> even even though we're media, you know, we we're not X WWE, X TNA, X Impact, you know, pray for them too. Uh you know, X Lucha. So you saying yeah. that uh holds water. Very quickly, uh WWE will be cutting down paper views. In 2018, they will be cutting it down to 14. I remember Tom Marty, and I know you had me in Featherstone by some years. Um, you're wiser than us. When pay-per-views wasn't even every month, we just had four. Uh, <laughs> two, three months went by yeah. before the next pay-per-view. You had a good four, 12 weeks to build. Uh, now WWE is going to be cutting down to 14 um, for next year. Uh, according to uh, Wrestling Observer, uh, Observer, of course. Um, of course, the idea is to add shows to the idea was to add in shows to generate revenue in the network, but of course, nothing really moved, especially for SmackDown Live. I think here, Marty, like we said, less is more. Uh, of course, you don't do as many pay per views. It gives you more time to build each storyline in between and meet the matches uh, that much more. Now, for many in the bank. 
they're talking about making money in the bank. Actually, I'm sorry, they confirmed it. will be now a joint pay-per-view. Those of you that may not know, that means that Raw and SmackDown will be on this pay-per-view. And they may have up until up till four matches, four Money in the Bank ladder matches on this one pay-per-view. I can tell you now, Marty, my thoughts is that that's overkill. I'm kind of old school. It's time for a lot of the legends, the, the J.J. Dillons and the other bookers. You overbook a gimmick match. It's just too much. But that's just my opinion. Uh, how do you feel, Marty? No, I'm I'm glad that they're reducing pay-per-views because, you know, I'm from the old school. I remember when WrestleMania was the only pay-per-view that you got or the boxing Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran stuff that you got on On TV or Z Channel. You know, I just dated myself there. And then finally uh, <laughs> WWF finally had the four pay-per-views, which are, to me still considered the big four and probably the only four that I watch realistically. But – you know, I, I remember you being there. Battleground? Excuse me? <laughs> I was joking. So you don't watch Battleground or with some other ones in your house? And, I'm sorry, I don't. Oh, the mother sucks. And I'll, and I'll be the first to admit that. Yeah. Uh, so, so for me, you know, I, I, like you, I, I'm old school, and, you know, I, I love the, the, the big four, so to speak. And, you know, those are the ones that I'll, I'll watch. But – when I was there, I remember, you know, we, I remember going to 12 when I was there, you know, that they had once a, one, one pay-per-view a month, which I thought was, was cool. And it was evened out. And then when I seen them go to <clears throat> all these other pay-per-views after I was released, I went, Ooh, that's kind of oversaturating stuff, you know? And, you know, but at the same time, you know, I, I get it, you know, the, the, there's financial things involved and th- there's other things that are playing behind the scenes. And, you know, I, I'm glad that they're reducing stuff, you know, just to get a, a different feel because as you, as you said, and I'll say it again, you know, less is more, you know, I think sometimes, you know, when you give somebody too much or there's too much out there, you know, then it just becomes irrelevant and people just like take it for granted. And, you know, if, if they're going to be cutting back certain pay-per-views, I'm all for it. Uh, you know, but but I was really excited with Starcade and, and what they did there. That, that that there was really no coverage for it, and you know the only reports that you really got out of Starcade were just from people who were there. To me, that really had like an old school vibe to it, and I was really impressed with the way they did that. You know, Marty, I'm I'm so glad I did not think of it like that. Um, you did a great transition to the, to the last headline about Starcade. Um, Dustin Rhodes, uh, Russell, uh, don't want to get the man's name wrong. I got it right, Dash. Dash Wilder. Right, Dash Wilder, okay. Yeah. I, I just want to make sure I said it right. Uh, old school, natural, Dustin Rhodes, the cowboy boots, the vest, uh, defeated him with a bulldog. Uh, myself, I was 30 minutes. Um, I was in North Carolina. I was in Winston-Salem uh, for Russell Cade. Um, I was uh, working that event. Uh, with a lot of the boys, and you know, at first I, I was like, I, it didn't make sense to me. I was like, why didn't they put it on the network? But now that you said it, it was old school, before the internet, before all of this stuff. If mm-hmm. you wasn't there, you didn't know what was going on. And and Amen. I, I, and ironically, um, and I didn't say this uh, on my live show, and I told Featherstone, I actually was on the plane with Dustin, uh, flying back from Delta, uh, first class coming home. I didn't realize it was him. He was asleep. 
got off the plane and uh, I did speak to him. So I could tell he was still emotional. He was moving real slow. But um, and this is before I even knew what happened to Starcade. Um, so, I, you know, I got home later on that day. But uh, glad they gave it to him. I'm glad he ended it, the old school finish, with the Bulldog. Uh, this, this was great memories. Uh, just to let you know, last time he competed in a Star, a Starcade event was in 1999 against good old WJ Jeff Jarrett in a bunkhouse stampede match. Wow. So... Yeah, definitely. Uh, 1999 seems so far away. It does. <laughs> Dash Wilder from the Revival. Thank you, uh, Featherstone, for that. So without any further ado, we're going to start things off and continue it. Start off our next segment called Prayer Request. If you don't mind, Marty, is that okay with you? Let's pray away, we'll brother. Start our prayer. <laughs> yes, pray away. Go ahead and start. I'm going to let you go ahead and do the honors and start us off. Uh, okay, so I'm going to start with this. Uh, dear Father, I ask. <laughs> dear Father, I ask. That, uh, I'm sorry, the choir got a little heavy. Uh, had to tell the choir to bring I, it down, so. Yeah, yeah, the choir really got me emotional there. But but my prayer is for uh, Mickey James. And, and dear Father, please uh, get Mickey James a great push, you know, to become a. a a Divas champion again. You know, I, I, I would really like to see her do some some great stuff. Uh, being that she's back on, on Raw and seeing her in the mix with all these uh, young talents who are coming up, and let let her show her uh, her true talents. In God's name, Amen. <laughs> amen. Thank you, brother. I want to good to do a prayer request. Uh, this brother, he's been on a prayer request two weeks in a row. Booker T, love you, Booker. Some relevancy, some key points when you commentate. Watching Raw last night, I'm tired. And what woke me up as I hear Booker T say, "Oh yeah, yeah, Roman Reigns, you know, he's the current U.S. champion, United States champion. I mean, I mean, uh, in the kind uh, in, in the continental champion." Book, Booker, come on. I know we all botch. I know we all make mistakes. But Booker, you botch every week, or you say things that's so obvious. You say things that's out of place. I love you, Booker. Met you in person. Great guy. Good buddies with your brother because I don't want him to hit me with the slapjack. But we just pray either pay more attention when you commentate, or maybe it's not you, Booker. If Vince is talking to you, somebody's talking to you, I just pray in Jesus' name that somebody gives you better direction of commentary. Go ahead, Marty. Dear Father, you know, uh, this is a prayer request going out to, you know, thank you so much for bringing Lucha Underground back. You know, we're we're in the midst of doing some preparations for season four, which is going to be coming in 2018. You know, I, I'm glad, you know, that there's some uh, Lucha Underground still left, and uh, it's going to be coming very, very soon. I'm very thankful for that, and, and, I, and I'm very uh, glad, you know, that uh, the prayers were heard. And, uh, you know, that this thing is going to be running and it's going to be doing some good stuff. And I'm just grateful and blessed to be a part of it. And uh, it's going to take care of a lot of different people. So, amen. Amen. Next prayer request goes to Jason Jordan. Lord, in, 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 in Jesus' name, Mary, Martha, all of them. Jason Jordan, we just pray you get some identity. You just you're a good looking kid. You have a nice looking body. 
You have a nice smile. Something just is missing. The music is bland. Your outfit's bland. Your mic skills are bland. And everyone's booing you. Now, you're not even getting X-Pac heat. No one likes you. They're booing you out the building. They don't care. When you wrestle against Bray Wyatt and they're literally cheering against you, because it's a difference when fans boo you because you're hell, they boo you because they don't know you, and then it's another difference when they just boo you because they just really legitimately don't care, they don't like you, and they think you're corny. It's not your fault, Jason Jordan. So my prayer is to Jason Jordan and the creative team, even to Vinnie Mac himself, that he gets some kind of direction in Jesus' name so he can be liked. Go ahead and finish this off, Marty. Well, this last one is, is just uh, a, a, a big prayer for, for everybody. You know, dear God, uh, I ask you, you know, the, for all the promotions and, and all the people running out there, people putting on shows, whether it be WWE, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, whomever, uh, you know, that, that everybody does well, everybody's uh, being prosperous, and, and everybody is able to continue doing these things moving forward. Uh, just want to make sure, you know, that all the boys and everybody who has a hand in professional wrestling, whether it be a ring announcer, uh, a journalist, uh, a worker, a uh, promoter, whatever, you know, that everybody is prosperous and everybody gets to continue making a living, doing what we love to do, and uh, amen. <clears throat> amen. Very quickly, prayer request coming in from Chris Featherstone to Finn Balor. Although the WWE Universe voted him. To be the next opponent, Lord Jesus, for Lesnar, Vince doesn't care based on him getting squashed by Kane and Samoa Joe. Fans, thank you for listening. That is our prayer request segment. Please, if you want to add to the prayer request, please let us know. Contact Pancakes and Power Slams. Contact Chris Featherstone. Of course, he will give you all of the information that is needed. Even if you want to, contact Marty Elias on Twitter. I'm not going to give you a Twitter handle while Marty, I know you can at the end of the show. And just tweet him some prayer requests so maybe we can read them. We can read them on air. With that, Absolutely. next will be the SmackDown and Raw review. And I'm going to bring it in in one second. SmackDown and Raw. Now, Marty, did you get a chance to watch SmackDown and Raw? I, I watched some of the Roman and Joe stuff, and then I watched some of the women's stuff. And then uh, tonight, I, I just seen a little bit of Shelton and, 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 and the other kid that you just uh, spoke about. And I, I seen a little bit of the AJ stuff, and it's just, um, or Shane, and just going like, okay, all right. <laughs> just add a little more excitement to this to Raw. Bring this in. God, that's old school. I love that. I know. Wow, that's awesome. Such great tunes. <laughs> I know. Oh my God, that's so cool to hear. You know, it's funny because they always say that music is like a time capsule, like a time nugget. And it, hearing those two little sound bites just took me to a whole different place, man. 
a good place. Yeah. And as I said before, the Featherstone fans listening live or just going to listen to this archive, some of the best themes, especially for Raw and SmackDown, we have no idea what the lyrics are. We have no idea what the words are. It is, we don't know. We just loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and SmackDown is, with this, this mumble jumbo, but it, but it's, it's fine. It got you, as, as we say, hype. And, and, and Afro at the in the African American community get you lit, get you hype, make you feel it. So I definitely uh definitely love those things. Uh Raw, like I said, my my, my thoughts of Raw uh Marty uh, I'm about to say Marty Elias. Elias in <laughs> WWE uh is grown on me. I like Elias. Uh I didn't get to the prayer request. now I guess Bo Dallas and Axe was with him. Like they just went from this to him. I pray they find some kind of uh, uh, stable ground in, in their career at WWE. But uh, I like Elias. I'm glad he's growing. Um, Kane beating up Finn doesn't really help. Strowman coming out, attacking Kane. I, I like Strowman. I, I, I like what they're doing with Strowman. He's, a fa- he's just Strowman. He's not a face. He's not a heel. He's just Strowman. He doesn't do anything really as a he doesn't do really anything that's really a heel. It, it, he doesn't really do everything that's a face. He reminds me of how Sid was. I know Marty you appreciate this how Sid was in WCW when he was just Sid and he just was kind of that tweener where he wasn't really a good guy, he just was Sid. He just if you cheered him, you cheered him. If you booed him, you booed him. So I do like that with Braun Strowman. And the send off to Kane is cool. We know Kane is about to be mayor. Uh Kane Career is pretty much definitely in the twilight. So um, mm-hmm. I'm happy about that. SmackDown, unfortunately, I did not get a chance. Did not get a chance to watch SmackDown. I do to me being on air with my show, Marty. What was your thoughts? I, I thought that the that the whole building up with uh, with Owens and Zayn is is actually going a little bit better than I thought it would. You know, if anything, you know. I, I would really like to, to see them build this up and then have like a big swerve at WrestleMania with Owens turning babyface or something, or maybe even Shane turning heel and jumping in with those two guys because I know there's been some conflict with Daniel Bryan and, and with, you know, and then the whole thing with Daniel Bryan trying to get reinstated, Shane working hard, that dropping hints, he's getting back in the ring, yada, yada, yada. You know, I mean, you never know. It, it could lead up to a whole Daniel Bryan versus Owens at WrestleMania. I mean, you know, seeing their segments and seeing the way they're working, I'm going like, man. And I'm getting goosebumps as, as I'm saying this because I'm going like, what if they go there? What if they do this? And that's just something that just the wheels started turning with that. But just to let everybody know, welcome here live, live, live using my my quote on the Pancakes of Power Slam show. The host, the man himself, the ball toss, the big cheese, Chris Featherstone. Welcome, brother, home. Brother, can you hear us? Mr. Featherstone, are you there? Marty, you there, brother? I'm here. I'm here. There we go. Okay. We hear you, Marty Featherstone. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Okay, Featherstone, Father Featherstone, please call right on. 
Yeah, we do. Uh, his line just dropped. Uh, sorry, Featherstone, please call back so we can bring you on in. We did see his number and we couldn't hear anything. Um, do apologize for that. But like you said, back for his uh, memories, just uh, being in North Carolina and, and, and Starcade, just bringing back all those little memories. And something that I mentioned earlier, and you mentioned the Featherstone, Marty, is that Lately, WWE, the, the next three pay-per-views he's really been promoting is all WCW-esque. You know, Starcade just happened this past Saturday. Uh, War Games was last weekend. And coming up was Clash of the Champions. Yeah. All WCW-themed pay-per-views. Of course, I was more mm-hmm. of an NWA, WCW guy growing up. I mean, I love WWF, but I was NWA territory. Um, real quickly, as we wait for Featherstone to call, in, uh, call back, is um, what memories do you get with seeing Tony Schiavone and how he was doing the vignettes for Starcade and Clash of the Champions coming up soon and War Games that just passed? What memories did you get? Oh, I, I, I just, all these different memories and emotions of, of turning into TBS and, you know, just of of all the the guys who were workhorses, you know, I mean, you know, that, that that's a term because, me like you, you know, I really love the NWA and I really love the Southern wrestling. Not saying, you know, that I didn't love, you know, WWF, which I did, but I really loved the Steamboats, you know, the Wyndhams, the Flares, the Horsemen, you know, like all the guys who were workers, you know, the guys who could go. There wasn't anything very flamboyant about them, you know, but these guys could work. And what I mean by that is, you know, Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan. And, you know, WWF at the time was very character-driven, and it was more about, you know, the five-year-olds and the ten-year-olds and catering to them, where I think more of the NWA stuff, Turner, Starcade, you know, War Games, all that stuff was more to the wrestling fan. And what I mean by that right. is, you know, the, the wrestling fans who really got wrestling and, and really loved it, and the guys who could go for an hour versus a guy who was going to go ten minutes on a pay per view. If that makes sense. Right. Ooh, I agree. Yeah. Oh yeah. Featherstone, you there, brother? I am here. Hey yo. Yo. Yes, we had this ball talk itself. <laughs> it is. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I got. Uh, uh, hey, I got uh, some time to, to chat for a moment. Uh, I am on a standby. Uh, baby was due <laughs> on Monday, and um, so yeah. So uh, right now I'm on standby, just waiting for it to happen. And um, so I was talking to uh, Lauren, uh, Angelina Love, during the. Debacle of that interview. We heard her well, and uh, for some reason there were some technical difficulties from uh, the, the sites. And um, when I, I apologize for everyone who's listening, when I uploaded the interview, it didn't sound anything like that. So uh, Lauren and I were talking during the interview, and um, uh, and so we should be bringing her back on here uh, soon to, uh, to to take care Great. of that. But uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, as far as as far as Raw and SmackDown is concerned, the word the the, the name the faction Absolution to me the name is terrible. Um, yes, I'm still not uh, I'm still not buying. Uh, yeah, I'm still not buying um, 
uh, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose with Paige. I'm just not buying that yet. Um, you know, it's cool that Paige is back. I mean, excuse me, she definitely deserves to be in a prominent spot. She's definitely unique, uh, a unique character. But uh, if if the goal is to put over Deville and Mandy Rose, um, I'm not I'm not too big on this here. I think Mandy Rose looks like a star. I think that she has a ton of potential. Um, but at the same time, it's going to be kind of hard. I mean, with the, the new age type of fans, if you thrust anything to them, they will turn their back on it like a, a stinky skunk on a, on a yard. And yeah. I definitely think, and, and I definitely yeah. think that uh, WWE is kind of doing that right now, especially with the Riot Squad as well. I wasn't too big on that. I was, I mean, you know, you I, I watched NXT faithfully, and none of those three people uh, from SmackDown uh, were major players in NXT. And no, um, you no, know, Sarah Logan, yes, Sarah Logan when she was crazy, Mary, crazy Mary Dobson and Indy, and Indy, she was she was big. Ruby Ryan when she was Heidi Loveless, she was big as well. But at the same time, it's like you can't you you can't bank on the independent fame to transition over to the WWE. You just can't do that. And uh, I I, I tweeted it yesterday when Matt Hardy started the the, the kind of transformation back into the brokenness. Um, Half the Knoxville crowd had no idea what he was doing. And that's and and that's why you kind of and I tweeted yesterday. You have I loved I love Broken Matt Hardy. I think Broken Matt Hardy was the best thing that came out of 2016. Second was Chris Jericho's list. That that was my clear cut one and two for me as far as 2016 is concerned. But at the same time, we can't bank on the the WWE universe watching Impact Wrestling. I mean, granted, Impact Wrestling gets under 300,000 viewers a week. WWE gets between 2 and 3 million. So you're talking 10 times more viewers uh, than than Impact Wrestling. And so that's a huge gap. So so statistically, about 2.5 million people who watch WWE don't watch Impact Wrestling. So nope. we can't so we can't statistically we can't bank on the broken character working but for ten percent of the WWE audience. So uh, WWE have to uh, they, they, WWE has to consider those factors and I think that the broken Matt Hardy character has so much life in it that it's worth starting from scratch again. And a lot of people, you know, complain that we didn't see the broken character from the jump. Um I was one of those critics, but you know, I think WWE starts it from scratch. Now the legal things are going on. Impact Wrestling is pulling out uh, Matt Hardy's uh, filing uh, claim to own the character. And from a legal standpoint, you have 30 days to refute uh, the filing of the claim. And it looks like Impact's going to do that because Jeff Jarrett's not with Impact anymore. And 
they're just kind of washing their hands on 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 it as far as what I've heard. Um, so it looks like Matt Hardy will have the broken character. You know, it's his it's, it's his thing to own. It's his creation. I'm excited to see what WWE is going to do with it. Um, and I think that really helped Matt Hardy just as a character, especially since Jeff isn't, uh, you know, he's not, he's going to have to come back until after Mania. So I've, I've said this for weeks. I've said I want to see Broken Matt versus Bray Wyatt at Mania. And I hope they, hope, hope, it, uh, hope it runs out, you know, until Mania. I think it would be great. And, yeah. and, and yeah. we can and, watch, and we can watch Bray Wyatt lose again at Mania because he never wins. No, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with Chris on on, on the call-ups. You know, I, I thought uh, Paige coming back w- was a good thing, but I I and this is just my humble opinion. I would have never put her in a faction. I, I would have let her come back because everybody loves Paige, and having yes. her come back on her own and throwing her right into the picture with Bliss and whomever else is fighting for the title. I think that would have been so cool to see that. But, oh, yeah, absolutely. But I think, you know, that putting her in something like that is just like it, it, you're killing her before she's even started. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know, and I know you're putting her in to try and elevate these new people who are coming in. But I think she's been gone so long, and people were excited to see her come back and then see her come in with somebody that they're unfamiliar with. It just kind of just put things in a little cluster. Uh, from the SmackDown side of it, you know, the Riot Squad. And it's funny how they added a T to Ruby Riot's name. Did you notice that? Yeah, I saw, I saw some paperwork on that. I saw some um... – uh, some did some research on that, and basically, from what I've seen, um, there was a some type of uh, filing that the WWE made on the Ruby Riot character name, and there was something to the nature of, and I don't know if this filing is is legitimate, but I actually saw like a trade like a filing form that someone tweeted. Um, and basically, the the form it uh, it was for Ruby Riot, and it was filed like sometime in June, and they had it to like December or something like that to to um, to claim it or to get it approved or something like that. So I guess they they were able to temporarily use the Riot name. Um, I'm trying to find out where. Okay, so basically. They filed the trademark on April 4th. Uh, it was uh, responded to on the 27th of June, um, and they had until December 27th to reply with proof. Um, so because of that, uh, it looks like they changed it to the other T because it says responded still unresolved estimated response Mm. deadline, December 27th. So I'm looking at the trademark form here. And so, uh, so it looks like because of the non-response, they, they changed it to with, with two T's. So, I mean, it just, it seemed like it was a legal thing from, from what I've seen. So yeah, yeah, really, really interesting. To, to your point too, I, I think they're bringing people up, too soon, and that's just like again. That that's my humble opinion. I I think that people need more time. I I love the fact that they're 
getting over in NXT and they have a little name recognition on the independents. But when you put them up on SmackDown, Raw, that's a whole different animal. That's a whole different animal. And, and, and to be thrown in that position, I mean, it. you know, I, I, I've seen some of them work and I've seen what they can do, but they're not at that caliber yet, if that makes sense. And I saw, and I saw it makes perfect sense. And I saw it last week when uh, um, they were in a smart, heavy crowd. Uh, they were there in Houston with the NXT crowd and things like that. So they were standing NXT during the invasions. But I think in traditional markets, especially Nashville, Nashville is an uber traditional market with like clear cut baby faces, clear cut heels. Very, I mean, as you saw, Roman Reigns was, was cheered. It made me happy, but uh, Roman Reigns was cheered on Raw. And just they, they, Nashville is one of those markets where it's still not a gray area, which I which I advocate very much. I, I think the kayfabe should be. I mean, kayfabe is an essential component in professional wrestling, uh, and I think that baby faces and heels matter, and it, and that's what helps to send someone's character. And I think that. The, the problem with what I saw this week, though, because Raw was in Nashville and SmackDown was in Lexington, Kentucky, is that with the Riot Squad, first of all, you had them beating the women's champion, their first match from NXT. Charlotte gets the pin. And and the Lexington crowd just, I mean, it, they like you get over if you get cheered or booed. The Lexington crowd barely did anything to them. Like, if you get nothing, that's a very dangerous spot in, in, in professional wrestling. Either you get yeah. cheered or you get booed. And just to get nothing, uh, we used to call it, as, as fans, we used to call it the Charlie Haas Pop. I don't know if uh, you ever heard of that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that terminology. But uh, <laughs> when you would uh, yes, get the Haas Pop... <laughs> When you got the house pop, it was I mean, you were in just you were in a very dangerous ground there, <laughs> and um, yeah. and the riot so and the riot squad got the house pop, man, and it was mm. it was it was kind of sad, and it just I mean like you said they they just need some more time. I think they have potential. I think they have promise, but you can't really expect the NXT crowd and the independent crowd who was just literally a fraction of the Raw and SmackDown Live audience, you can't expect a smooth transition when it comes to those characters. No, and I totally agree. Thank you for that, Father Stone. Guess what time it is. It is FOTW Flavor of the Week. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. Thank you for that. Flavor of the Week. This week is the top five missed opportunities in pro wrestling. As we always say, since we're going old school, pro wrestling. Father Stone, did you want to start things off? Sure thing. Uh, I'll go with uh, number five. Uh, is TNA uh, not pushing 
Kazuchika Okada when he was there. I think uh, I forgot who it was. I think maybe Scott Demore or um, I don't remember who it was. Recently, he Okada talked about someone from TNA, maybe Dutch Mantel, someone uh, came up to him and just apologized because he is just the absolute fan. In New Japan, he is just amazing in New Japan, and TNA definitely dropped the ball on that one. Um, do you want us to go five, 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 or just uh, my my specific five to one? Thank Everybody you. Are there? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead, Marty. No, you know, you know, I have one, uh, one, and and I worked with him at Deep South. And when he was gone, I was like, oh, man. And to see him where he is today, I just go like, wow, uh, would be Kenny Omega. Uh, I was actually down in Deep South Wrestling in Georgia when he was there. And we actually worked together. And to see where he's at today, and, of course, Jericho's working him at Wrestle Kingdom on January 14th. Um, January wow. 4th. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, to see to see where he is and to see where he came from, and he was a part of the WWE machine and part of their system and everything else. Of course, he looked different and, you know, was a different guy. Excuse me, but to see how he's evolved and to see how he's coming to his own, uh, good for him. Yep. Thank you for that. My number five is Magnum T.A., a man I just I met for the first time this weekend, had a nice conversation with him. Magnum T.A. not winning the world title before his car accident. Uh, something as, as, a, as a kid, not really a kid kid, but growing up, remembering that announcement, Magnum T.A. in a car accident, and I remember, not sure what event it was, uh, I don't know if it was a Clash Marty or not when Magna T.A. came back and it was so emotional. This is one of the things I vivid, I'll never forget as, as growing up, watching that and knowing how serious that was. Um, so for me, Magna T.A., of course, we can't foresee anything, but just wishing he won his title in his prom uh, before that accident. Oh, yeah. He was so a man. <laughs> one of the best, best billy-to-billies in the business, that's for sure. Um, my number four goes to Ryback, uh, not winning the Royal Rumble of 2013 instead of uh, John Cena winning it. Um, it. Just John Cena winning the Rumble of 2013 made absolutely no sense to me. Ryback needed the rub. Uh, I think he ended up going against Mark Henry that year, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah. the World Heavyweight Championship match ended up being Jack Swagger and uh, Del Rio. And Ryback should have. He should have won that. He should have won it. He should have got the world championship. I think it was a, a very missed opportunity. I think it's uh, me and you now from uh, four. So what's your three? Uh, uh, what's your four, I guess I should say. <laughs> My four is Demolition versus LOD in 1992. WWF mm. had, then WWF, had the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom, at the same time as Demolition actually smashed. But yet we never got to see them two square off on the televised event or even in a pay-per-view. Definitely a c- catastrophe in the business. Definitely would have been one of the biggest tag team dream matches that we never got to see. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to change my number three. I'm going to change my number three. Uh, had, uh, I'll make this an honorable mention for time's sakes. Younger Town defeating Goldberg in uh, his streak instead of Kevin Nash. I think that was a bad choice to uh, do that. But I'm going to say my number three is uh, not seeing Hogan and Flair at WrestleMania 8. Um, and, and instead of, you know, we got Hogan and Sid and Flair and Savage, but I think Flair and Savage is a yeah, fantastic yeah. match, but but uh, Hogan and Flair, they just they really missed, missed the ball on that. We saw it uh, in WCW, Best Beach, but I think it was uh, a little bit too too uh, too far off. I think they said something about that on Flair's uh, 30 for 30 as well. Yeah, Mr. McMahon hey, you know one uh, five years. You go, Marty. No, you know, you know, my number four would be the Hollywood Blondes in WCW. Oh, wow! Yeah. Talk about a tag team that was hot and was just yeah. on top of the world and on fire, and Bischoff just pulling the plug for no reason whatsoever. I remember asking yeah. Bischoff one time when I seen him at a WWE anniversary show. I said, "What happened to the Hollywood Blondes?" He goes, "It just didn't work for me." That's all he had to say. It didn't work for me. Wow. Wow. Like, talk about a tag team. Oh, I mean, you had Pillman and Austin. I mean, God, if you go back and you look at their stuff, I mean, everything, their promos, their entering work, yeah. they were just... And, and Lord knows, you know, Stone Cold became, you know, what he did, but it's just, and Pillman was headed that same way, man, but he just goes, are you kidding me? Hollywood Blondes. Yeah, I think Pillman could have been a world champion if they would have kept him a little bit longer. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Hollywood Blondes, and then one of top top ten theme music of all time too. Uh, yeah. Even though it was a little long. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, got, you got to give a shout out to WCW for production quality, where they used the wrestler's theme song. Also, for the for they they use wrestler's theme songs. They use the same theme songs for wrestlers as they do for their promo videos. So yeah, but not a, but a but a prayer request goes out to the uh, WWE on demand when they would always fill in the uh, theme songs with just the most generic, right. crazy sounding. <laughs> I remember I filled in Vader's and Foley's when he was Cactus Jack with just some bang bang, just generic. It was terrible. Yeah, it was absolutely terrible. Yeah, like some kind of low low rent cowboy. Oh yeah, they probably paid ten cents uh, for, the, for the song. Oh man, uh, my, my three Some is stock uh, music. same thing, Flair. <laughs> yeah, my three also is uh, playing Hogan, uh, not facing off at Mania Eight. I had the same thing. Uh, JJ Dillon uh, told me, ironically, we were just talking about this, that uh, he said this man told him that he thought that match was five years too late in 1992. Yeah. Well, Vince, guess what? Wow. Man, Hogan fought off many times after he left you. <laughs> yeah, sure did. Did pretty good, pretty good matches. I mean, not not to the the, the market that WWF would have had, but uh, pretty pretty good matches. Uh, your number two, Featherstone. Uh, Martin, do you have anything? Yeah, uh, Power and Glory. Power and Glory mm. was a tag team that was just oh another another yeah you know tag team that was just you know. Coming into the own and then to see them get squashed at WrestleMania against Legion of Doom, 59 seconds. I mean, Paul Roma on his own. I mean, he looked great. 
before looking great was even a thing. And, and of course, we had Hercules, who was the big, uh, you know, Heenan family member, and him and his stuff, the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, Power and Glory was a team that just cut it down. And their finish was probably the best finish ever for a yeah, team. The Power Flex. Suplex Splash. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't even say Hercules from a singles competitor. Why was not? Why was he not world champ? Because yeah. with Heenan, like I don't, yep. I don't understand that. I mean, I know that was a time where Hogan was just monopolizing the championship market there, but I, I really think that Hercules would have been a worthy contender uh, to dethrone Hogan for sure. Yeah, and you know, like, yeah. Hercules was a big guy, but he could work. He sure could. Yep. Sure could. And he, had, and, he, and he had a gimmick, too. You know, like, he had a chain. His music was amazing. And uh, I think I think it was great, especially when he turned a babyface. He could at least became like Intercontinental Champion when he got disowned by Heenan. I could see him beating someone like Hennig to become Intercontinental Champ. But he never had. I don't think he had a title at all for the WWE. Never. No. Never. Never that's, did. That's insane. That is insane to me. Oh goodness, wow! He, he was one of the most. Recognizable characters in the late '80s in the WWE, but he never, never won a title. I think if they put Coco in, he never won a title. They should have put in Hercules in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he, he, he definitely should. I do agree. Um, my 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 is the thing. Goldberg's streak not ending the way it did. Uh, you know, Kevin Nash is all cool, but that that, that match was built well. I mean, he could have stood the match with Starcade to have Goldberg win. I mean, uh, you know, you could have had him leave the thing. You could have leave DDP even. Uh, but yeah. just the just the way that that Goldberg lost. I mean, granted, the cattle prod and all that that became their uh, wrestling folklore. With the I used to love that. But um, yeah, that, that's that's just my thing. I, I I don't know how we'll book Goldberg to have lost, but. Not the way he did. Had Nash and Goldberg still could have been booked for Star K ninety eight, it was a good feel. Um and Goldberg just would have still won. But uh yeah. my number two what is, is uh my number two my number two was uh Taker uh losing to Lesnar. Uh I think that, that was a terrible idea still. I mean, you know, almost four years out. Uh because I think that it would have made the Roman Wayne Roman Reigns went so much more meaningful and you know listening to the Stone Cold podcast as far as Taker giving back and Vince admitting that he couldn't find no one on the roster to be worthy enough to end Taker's streak it was a, it was a clear cut admission that he didn't have faith in him, I mean, we talk about part timers clear cut admission by Vince McMahon that he didn't have what he doesn't and didn't have enough faith in this main current roster to beat Taker at Mania. That was insane to me. And I definitely think that Roman Reigns now, you know, I think Vince McMahon may be kind of reluctant because Reigns was that guy, you know, to, to, to that Vince McMahon was looking for, you know, three and a half years ago. So I definitely think yeah. that that was something that uh, he may have been reluctant to, to decide. I think he, had, he pulled the trigger a little bit too soon. Yeah, and, you know, I'm right there with you. I, I honestly feel that they should have never pulled the trigger on that and just let Taker go undefeated and rush me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I'm more. I'm more. 
I, I'm more cool that they, they put it on range. If, if, if the whole concept was giving back, which I don't necessarily understand, you, he's been in the business. He's been in WWE for 27 years. I mean, that's giving back enough, but uh, giving back to the business was his reasoning behind it. But um, if they were going to, if the goal was to have a young talent to put that streak over on a young talent. They, they they failed at that. I mean, I think the rain it helped Reigns, but it only helped Reigns for probably a week, and then they had him get destroyed by Braun Strowman, which was was absolutely terrible to me. So I mean, if it was my if it was up to me, I agree with you, Marty. I agree with Austin. Believed it too. Taker would have just totally uh, went undefeated all the way. Uh, I would have had like Reigns beat Taker like in the Survivor Series or something would have been ideal. Maybe even retirement in the Survivor Series would have would have helped him. But yeah, uh, I think I think Vince is kind of. Uh, I, I would say Vince is probably reluctant. He probably don't want to admit it if he was asked. But I think that uh, Reigns was the person he was looking for in WrestleMania 30. But just wasn't patient enough because Taker's maybe Taker maybe was heading out at that time, you know and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure that there were, I mean, from what I've heard from people there, I mean, Taker's, you know, Taker's been talked about to leave for years. I mean, so uh, 30 was maybe his time, you know, it was WrestleMania 30. I know that he was battling some injuries for a number of years, and maybe that was the time. And Vince was like, well, I can't see anybody in the roster, so let's just give it through Lesnar. But, yeah. Yeah. My number one is something. Most people forget that never happened, but I always wanted to see. I know I'm still holding on to faith for taking Sting, but a match that we'll never see again. Dusty Daddy never got to see Dusty Rose against Hogan. Dusty Rose and his prom, and Hogan as Hulkamania. Man, that would have been awesome. Only time they've been in the company at the same time, back when they were active wrestlers, of course, was when Dusty was the polka dots. Hogan was Hulkamania. But just imagine, guys, Dusty, just how big and how charismatic, just as charismatic as Hogan, some would even say, against Hogan and Prime would have been amazing. And sad to say that, that's wow. much we'll never get to see. Never get to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, my number, my number two uh, was Rick Rude never winning the WWF Championship from Ultimate Warrior. Mm. Yeah, I like that one. That was really good. I think you should give me, give me your number. Give us your number one too, because that was a really good. One. Uh, HBK versus The Rock. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I got this honorable nice. mention. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, I had a few. I had HK wow. Rock. Also, for some reason, I also want, always want to see Taker versus Andre. Yeah. And Ooh. I think that could that, yeah. that could have happened. That could have happened at uh, was it nine? I believe it was because okay, like Andre was pretty much out of commission around ninety two, and and Taker because. Let me see. When he debuted, I think his first one was against Snuka. That was in uh, 91. 91. Right? WrestleMania 7. Right. Yeah, so, and 8 was Shake. So, yeah. I, I would have I would have wished that I, instead of Snuka, 
I would have wished that Andre would have put Taker over at uh, in '91. Something that would have been uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Could have. Say real quick, honorable mention to I never got to see Goldberg against Taker. And my ultimate is Jake the Snake against Hogan. Yo, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jake, Jake always talks about how that could have happened. My number one was um, uh, I see the biggest, uh, most missed opportunity just from a. Uh, 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 a wide standpoint now we can do a, a, a totally different one on matches um, but I think from a business standpoint was um, not having a stronger uh, WCW invasion uh, during the invasion angle I think that uh, a lot of people I talked to from WCW on the show um, believe that I mean just there wasn't enough. I mean, I talked to Shane Helms a few weeks ago here on the show. I've talked to Buff Bagwell on the show, uh, numerous other people, and they believe that same thing. Just there should have been a, a, a stronger, you know, kind of talent pool. Now I think Booker is one of my top five of all time. Um, I think the DDP was. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't very. I've had him on my show. He wasn't they're happy how he was used and so I think that yeah. the talent the kind of the top tier talent that they had for the invasion was great talent but they weren't even necessarily top talent in WCW I mean Book was toward the latter part but he wasn't like a, a, a consistently top talent so bringing in Goldberg bringing in Hogan bringing in Sting those names would have been ideal for an invasion but uh, they didn't happen that's the reason why I think it um uh, Fizzled out quick. Yeah, do you agree? Anything else you want to add, Marty? Do agree? No. Anything else you want to add? No, I I just agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I do. Great, great inputs, great additions. Uh, Featherstone, Marty, Elijah, Pancakes and Power Slams, episode T ninety six. This is your co-host, Evan Tech Pro of Under the Man Radio. Listen to me every Tuesday night, live, 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 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Of course, the great Marty Elias. Follow him on Twitter, at Marcy Elias1976. Is that still correct, Marty? 67, no, I believe. 1967. At Marty Elias1967. Instagram is uh, at Marty Elias67. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Saying 1976, <laughs> Hop on the show real quick and um, still on call, still waiting. Uh, baby's not out yet. She was due on uh, Monday, and um, God's timing is the best timing, so uh, we're not panicking anything. She's still having contractions, and she's still operating fine in, in there, but uh, she's she's a little, she's comfortable, and uh, she doesn't want to come out yet. So uh, <laughs> next by, by next Tuesday, um, 
I think I don't think it'd be a different story. <laughs> it'd be nine days, uh, well, eight days overdue at that time. But um, you know, I'll definitely keep everyone posted. Sounds good, man. All right, guys. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Muddy, Muddy Elias, anything uh, you want to plug before we close it out? Uh, Lucha Underground Season 4 is coming, so that, that that's coming sooner than later. So uh, we, we will start some tapings very, very soon. <clears throat> and uh, in the process of taping uh, Glow Season 2 for Netflix right now. And uh, if there's any promoters or any uh, promotions out there that want to book me, uh, doing seminars or just book me in general, you know, let's talk, let's let's negotiate. Uh, I'm very easy to work with. Uh, I can be reached at bookmartyelias at gmail.com. Awesome. Just that simple. As you guys know, I will be at Blizzard Brawl, good old buddy David Hill's promotion, Blizzard Brawl. House of Hardcore 36 Homecoming this weekend is Saturday in Wisconsin. Yours surely will be there and under the mat radio. So, just gotta give Steve Hero a shout out to see he's a good friend of ours. Alright, boss man, we all done. Pray the baby come on the debut of the Mrs. The new Miss Featherstone. Marty, thank you much for all the great work. Featherstone, thank you for letting me be aboard the mothership. Yes, sir. <laughs> the mothership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, That's appreciate you all, man. All right, guys. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all so much. I appreciate each and every one of you. God bless you all. Have a good night. Take care. Right, good night. Good night. Bye bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.